0: Good morning, everybody. So I'd like to begin with a few things. First of all, if you're uh, either a child, a kid, a young person, or all of those at heart, uh, these are in the back. Tanny's back there. I think Becca's back there, too. If you haven't got one of these yet, you're going to want one for this morning. Uh, There's some crayons or pencils or whatever you might need to, to make that a little more enjoyable. And... Could I just ask everybody that's either 11 years old or younger to please stand. 11 years old or younger, please stand. You know, usually you walk out. These are my people. I am so glad that you are here this morning. Okay, you can have a seat, thank you. Thank you very much. It's nice to have you here, believe me. Your parents, your grandparents, your aunts, your uncles, sometimes they're a little intimidating. I don't know how this all works in your minds, but I I find this just kind of fun. So things that are going on in my head that I can't say out loud, but I will this time. Okay. The guy that just laughed in the front row is my boss. You know, front row, no pressure there, but I didn't say it out loud, so it's okay. Okay. I'm glad you're here, Jim. (laughs) Just keep laughing at the joke so for me, okay? Um, So this morning, I need to let you know, first of all, if my face is unfamiliar to you, it's because you're not 11 or younger. Um, I'm the family ministries pastor here at Verde Valley Christian Church, and it's been my joy to to be in that position for quite some time. Um, But I do want to say that I relate to this morning's topic. It's I'm that fool. I I get that, boy do I get that, but the I'm defensive when corrected part, or for you over here, the I'm defensive when corrected part, um, there were a couple weeks ago, maybe even a month ago at this point, that Jim was looking at his calendar looking forward, and there was a Sunday he was not going to be preaching, he was going to actually have a vacation, uh, which is an interesting word for a lead pastor at a church to try to ponder on, Uh, but... The topic was shared, this is what it'll be. The series is this, and it's I'm defensive when corrected. And in that room, now this is my feeling, probably only my feeling, but I felt like all the eyes in the room turned to me. (laughs) And without speaking any words actually, just looked at me as if to say, hey, this is right up your alley. Um, So they didn't do that. They're much more caring and loving than that. They just said, that's yours, buddy. But we we do tend, don't we, when somebody brings correction our way, whether we're eleven and under or twelve and older, to kind of get defensive. It's like, who are you to tell me what to do? Uh, I I get that idea, and so this morning we're going to look at how to grow, how to mature not only in our walk with the Lord, but in our ability to receive correction and to receive correction so that we can grow and mature in the Lord. Um, I should start with something else as well here. Today is the best day of the week. I say that because that's what we say almost every Sunday in Children's Church because it's true. This is when the dispersed body of Christ gathers together for the sole purpose of fellowshipping together and worshiping our Creator, our Savior, and our Lord. It's kind of a unique thing because there are nations in the world right now where this is not allowed. And I've heard some of you say, you know, it might not always be that way here. Well, then we better enjoy it, hadn't we? And we might as well admit that this outside of heaven is sometimes as good as it gets. Because right now, you're not listening to the news. Instead, you're singing praises to God. Right now, you're not concerned about what's going to happen later this afternoon. You're here focusing on his word and, and wanting to hear more from him. So, so this is a good thing that we're here together this morning. And I'm delighted to be here today, which is not always something I can say because you really are intimidating, There are mornings where I come up here and it's like, I'm here because I'm supposed to be, and I'll do my very best for you because I know that's what the Lord wants. But you all are an intimidating group. And look at this room this morning. This is so amazing. It's been full for weeks, folks. This is so exciting. We're back together, and there is something dynamic about being together in this way. So I wanna share with you, you know, oftentimes as believers, we share prayer requests, and should, it's an important thing to do, but this morning I wanna share a praise report. Not because I wanna brag, because it's not anything about me necessarily doing something wonderful, it's just about God's greatness um, in things. So I, I don't wanna miss anything, so if it looks like I'm, I'm reading a little bit, it's only because I am. Uh, first of all, I'm semi-retired. My people also, yes. Um, there's an upside to that. There's a lot more time that I can aim at the things that are uh, at home and, and with family. But there's a downside, and I'm going to read this part. I don't get to see the amazing men and women who make up the staff of Verde Valley Christian Church as much as I'd like. I've worked with some of these people for decades. It's exciting. It's exciting. They're great to rub shoulders with on a daily basis. I wish everybody had a job like mine, where you actually get up and look forward to being at work in the morning. You're excited to hear what's going on. Uh, it, it's, it's just a, a great place to be. Uh, you've heard the old adage that, you know, you never work a day in your life if you enjoy what you're doing. Well, I guess I haven't worked for a couple decades. Uh, however, I'm still truly blessed to be working with two of the most enjoyable, energetic ministry leaders of all time. Uh, Tani Rice, who you saw up on the screen earlier, just completed her bachelor's degree. We celebrated that a little bit last week. And, and I'm just going to brag a little bit, because except for two weeks at Christmas, essentially the last three and a half years have been nothing but classes, when a class ends on a Sunday night, the next class starts on a Monday. It's called accelerated. It's also called, you know, horrible. <laughs> so that means when she's been down in Mexico on Mexico trips or she's been to camp with, with kids or, or she's doing Summer's Great Adventure, she goes home each night, or in Mexico, not home, she goes to a room each night and does all of her studies. And she's been doing that for three and a half years and she ended up with a 3.76 grade point average. Uh, She also loves kids, and she also loves sharing God's word with them, so I get to work with her. Uh, The other person that I spend a great deal of time with now is Hunter Tibbs, uh, who also has this huge heart for middle schoolers and for high schoolers, and has been so, so put upon, I believe, by the Holy Spirit that... He really wants to be able to share God's Word in ways that are unique and special and, and realize that maybe if he had more knowledge of Scripture, he could do an even better job. And so he has enrolled in a master's degree uh, in Christian ministries. While he's doing that in the same way Tani was doing hers, it's just going to be the next couple of years of back to back to back, and then you get two weeks off of Christmas. So if you subtract 14 from 365, you got some ideas to how many days in a year they're hitting the books hard. Uh, So would you be praying for those two people, please? Both Tanny and Hunter, they, they have such an important area of ministry here. You all are important, but I think you would agree that like 18 and down is way more important than us old folks, way more important. Because some of them are hearing God's word for the very first time. Some of us old folks are hearing God's word for the very first time. And if that's you this morning, um, I'm excited that you're here. But let me continue to share. Besides that, to continue the praise, uh, while I'm getting older, I hope you didn't notice, but I did make it up the stairs. And I did that because my knees, both of them as of recently, are younger than any of the kids in this room. Ha <laughs> ha! Haha! <laughs> so take that, kids. <laughs> Maybe not all of me, but at least two parts. Um, our, our entire family, including my mother, Barbara, our daughter and son-in-law, our son and daughter-in-law, and all of the in-laws and outlaws that that entails, um, all of us live here in the Verde Valley. And that makes a lot of you jealous, I know. That's not why I'm saying it. It's just, you'll understand in a second. So, so we all live here in the Verde Valley. You want to hear something even crazier? We all attend this church. It is so cool. My granddaughters are in this room right now. Yeah. I mean, this is so exciting. I mean, there's so much going on and, and I think we need to praise God for the things that sometimes we take for granted. And I will admit that I sometimes take these things for granted, um, so we have two sweet and wonderful granddaughters, and wait for it. You ready? We're looking forward in May to a grandson. Uh-huh. Yeah. Thank you, Jeff and Jill. Uh, and as they say, but wait, there's more. And I know I'm prolonging this, but you got to just, please. I'm getting old. Put up with me. You can't ever do a children's Sunday without without balloons. (laughs) Am I getting these in the right order? Does that go the other way? It looks good to me. (laughs) There. Yeah, I like that. Does it say 45 from your side? Okay, good. Because on, oh, this wasn't supposed to happen. On this morning, 45 years ago, or on this afternoon, 45 years ago, it was actually on a March 20th, 1977. It happened to be that it was a Sunday afternoon. That doesn't always happen. And it was also the first day of spring. We got married. Can you, uh, yeah, look at that. I actually had hair. And what she has done for 45 years to put up with me has just been an amazing story of grace. Uh, But it's a good, good time in life right now. This season for me is an amazing one. And I want you to know that because that's where I'm coming from this morning when I'm sharing with you. And it's going to sound some of it a little bit like, wow, he's really beating that idea up. Isn't he happy? No, I'm happy. (laughs) Look, I'm happy. I'm, I'm delighted with what God's doing. Uh, So there's our praise report for right now And let's look at what we've been doing for the last couple of Sundays and what we're going to do in the future Jim talked to us about I'm wise in my own eyes And I don't like discipline this morning. I'm defensive when corrected Uh Uh-huh and next week will be I trust myself And the wrap-up will be I vent my anger so So this morning, as we're looking at I'm defensive when corrected, um, I'd like to start with a verse that's pretty straightforward and simple, Proverbs 15, 5. Can we have that up there? A fool despises his father's discipline, but a person who accepts correction is sensible. Um, Some of those words are big. Uh, For some of you kids in the room, those aren't words you're reading yet, but... Hopefully, as we go through and talk this over, it'll make a little bit more sense. Um, If you remember, this whole series is about I'm That Fool. By way of review, uh, we've looked at discipline as being kind of two two kinds of things, two types of things. The first one has to do with a type of action where, um, and kids in the room, if this has ever happened to you, then I I can fully relate. Uh, Perhaps you've been told you were wrong, or you were verbally reprimanded, or worse yet, it went way past that and you got spanked. Now, just so that kids in this room don't feel bad, if anybody in this room has ever been spanked for doing something wrong in their life, raise your hand. Okay, there we go. And the rest of them should have been. <laughs> just saying. As my father said, he believed there was a direct connection between here and here. And if you applied enough pressure instantly here, it became abundantly evident there. Um, The other type of discipline is the kind that we learn to do. There are things like, hopefully we've learned to brush our teeth after a meal. Okay, things that are, are disciplines that we have learned to make a part of our life. So in this statement, why is it so foolish that a father's discipline should be despised? I mean, dads can't always be right, can they? Uh, Oh, I know. And a dad said it out loud. I can't believe it. Um, This idea of a father... I understand that in this room, when I speak of fathers, I picture my dad. Some of you picture your dad or your absent dad. So if that's the case for you, whenever I say dad this morning, just thank God. Okay? He likes to be called daddy, so go with that. But we've, we've got this idea that why is it that dad should that the father should not be despised when he disciplines us. And it's probably because dads know us really well. Good dads know us really well. Um, They're there in our lives. They see what we do. You know, they help us. They help us grow. They help show us new things and teach us new deals. But you might say it's actually part of a father's job description. discipline. Discipline can be positive, but generally speaking, when I say discipline, I'm guessing most people in this room are thinking, yeah, it's more like the spanking. It's the negative side, but there's a lot of positive discipline as well. But when that discipline comes in the form of correction, if the father is correcting us as a child and we despise the father, that really doesn't say anything about the father. It says something about us especially if that father is God. And so you kids that are here today, um, this isn't just written to you. This isn't just for 11 and under. This is for all of us who have a heavenly father to be paying attention because when we read God's word, we're hearing from God. And when his word carries correction... We we shouldn't be despising it and saying, well, that doesn't apply to me or that I I Because the Bible also commands children to obey their parents, to honor their parents. I'm at a place in life where I don't obey my mother anymore. But I sure better honor her because she deserves it. Our parents are placed in our lives to help us grow in our understanding of who God is and how much God loves us. And while that's not always the case for every parent every day, because parents have bad days too, it's still God's original plan, and it's a great plan. And it's beautiful when it works correctly. And since this is a family Sunday, I'm going to interject something here for you dads. If you moms want to take it with you, that's great. But it's actually written to dads. Um, Can we look at Ephesians 6 4 up here, please? Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger by the way you treat them. Maybe you could say by the way you discipline them. Rather, bring them up with the discipline and instruction that comes from the Lord. To this day, God has never beat me up, He's reprimanded me, He's scolded me severely but he's never beat me up. This idea of how dads are supposed to discipline, there's something about a dad that can bring out the best in a kid, but if you do it wrong, dads, if we do it wrong, we can tick them off so quickly. Other translations say, don't, don't cause your children to be aggravated. I mean, how many times have our kids been aggravated with us? Maybe rightfully so. But if we're disciplining and giving instruction that comes from the Lord, uh, we can do a much better job. So if this is true about father's discipline, because of their proximity to us and the amount of time they spend with us, then couldn't it also be said to be true, possibly about our spouses? Wives for husbands, husbands for wives? If your spouse knows you as well as most spouses do, and usually after a couple of years, you know your spouse better than their parents did, if your spouse can muster the courage to speak into your life, to point out a blind spot, to bring correction, is our reaction prideful defensiveness? Because if it is, that's more about my character than it is about my spouses. Let's look at Proverbs 15, 31 through 33. And for those of you that like to fill in blanks, and for kids, the part where you have blanks on your page, this is where you get to start doing your part. It reads, if you listen to constructive criticism, you will be at home among the wise. If you reject discipline, you only harm yourself. But if you listen to correction, you grow in understanding. Fear of the Lord teaches wisdom. Humility precedes honor. So our point is going to be this, and can you pop it on up there? Because some of you are going to take a little longer to write than others. There are great blessings in life when we listen to correction There are great blessings in life when we listen to correction. And you kids, Tanny put those blanks on there for you, so you should be able to fill those out too if you'd like. If all you have is a crayon, good luck with that. So Verde Valley Christian Church exists to help each of us take steps from wherever we are to where God wants us to be by growing us in grace and truth through Jesus Christ in relationships designed by him. So what kind of steps are we talking about here? Not just single little baby steps, although sometimes that's the best we can, we can do. But we're talking about developing the habits and the disciplines of Jesus. Those are the steps. Sometimes there are intermediate baby steps in between. But those are the things that we're aiming for. Jesus teaches us something that does not go well with the culture in which we live. It's even counterintuitive. He teaches, Jesus teaches, that you're not supposed to trust your own feelings, your own mind, your own heart. The heart is above all things deceitful and wicked. That is the opposite of the world, of what the world teaches these days. The world teaches that you should forget what anybody else thinks. You should forget what any authority says. The world teaches that you are the ultimate authority on you. Um, As a matter of fact, there's an ad that's been running for a number of years and it's three little words. The guy stands there all dressed real. He says, you do you. Wow, that's really deep, dude. (laughs) And it's wrong, it's so wrong. It's upside down and backwards from what Jesus teaches. I don't want to do me. I want to do Jesus. I want to be like him. And so do you apparently. Way to go. So the world teaches that only you know what you really want. And if you follow that line of thinking, you wind up right back where Adam and Eve were at. We start all over again. Can't blame it on them anymore. You know, I I just kind of enjoy it when people say one of two things. Oh, Adam and Eve, they ruined it for all of us. Yeah, because you'd have done better. <laughs> if it had been me, we'd probably all been in hell at this point. I mean, you know, at least we get a chance with Adam and Eve. Just, it's just amazing. So the lie is that our own desires and our own hearts are more a, a more reliable guide than anything else. And most of you in this room know that's not true. There is a reliable guide, and there is a reliable source. God says the fool's path leads to destruction. The last part of our purpose statement, ooh, get myself in trouble if I do that. The last part of our purpose statement says, by growing us in grace and truth through Jesus Christ and relationships designed by him. God speaks to us through relationships. He's doing that this morning, you guys have already been doing it out in the hallway and in here. You've been talking to each other about important things in life. You've been sharing prayer requests. You've been sharing praises. We, we've been talking about, did you see the front of the church? It looks so great. Um, those, those kinds of things are going on. He's, God speaks to us through relationships that are designed by him. And we've already talked about a few of those this morning, those relationships designed by him. Parenting relationships. There's a lot of them in this room this morning. Can I just say how exciting that is? not just because of job security, (laughs) but because we have families that are in this room right now that think coming to church on Sunday as a family and learning about God together is an important thing. And it's why when Tani does her lessons, she takes what Jim is gonna teach and she does a kid's version of it so that when you families go home, you've heard the same thing, just different levels. You can actually talk about that she sends home questions every week for you to read through together so that you can talk about what you heard. You heard it from Jim. They heard it from Tanny. It's exciting stuff that's going on. But can I just give this little caveat to parents? This, is, this might feel a little bit like a correction. You are the spiritual leaders of your family, parents. The 35 minutes on Sunday that Tanny gets is not going to inoculate your child with the Bible. You are the spiritual leaders of your family. So on Sundays, that 35 minutes that Tanny gets or the two hours a week that that she might get if they come to Pulse or we're doing Summer's Great Adventure or Hunter with the youth is doing youth night on Sunday nights and has a couple of hangs during the week. You realize how many hours there are in a week and we're talking that the leaders of this church that are responsible for kids are only getting basically minutes don't count on that they are not the spiritual leaders of your family you are parents and as a grandpa I can say that because I get it at all different levels now we're there to help we're there to support it's really up to you We want to come alongside and do everything we can to help you as a parent be the spiritual leader that God wants you to be. But, you know, basically dropping your kid off at church once a week is not going to do it. They need to see it in your lives and they need to see it in their home. There are marriage relationships, which include anniversaries. Yeah. There are friendships. Are yours positive influences in your life? we place a high value on mentoring or accountability relationships here at Verde Valley Christian church Do you have a mentor? Are you mentoring someone? Does this sound an awful lot like correction? I'm sorry. Um, how about a fellowship? How about the fellowship and the support that you receive through a small group? That's another highly valued relationship here. Are you in a small group? If you're not, would you think seriously about how you could maybe make that a part of your life? Because honestly, I can't take care of all of you. Even with all the pastors combined, we can't take care of all of you. You need people in your life who know every, well, not like every detail, like it's gross, but the details that are important in your life so that they can be there to support you in those tough times. That's what we all need. We need that. A small group that that can rally around us in difficult times and that can rejoice with us in good times. And then we've got this this church. Not the building, but this body of Christ where we can practice um, loving one another, encouraging one another, exhorting and rebuking and correcting one another, (laughs) serving one another. Are you serving? We need to be serving. This is where we practice. If you're not serving, ask. It shall be given. (laughs) Trust me. Okay. So within this relationship, all these relationships that are designed by him were to grow in grace and truth. If they're healthy, then they're a safe place to also receive exhortation and rebuke and constructive criticism and correction, as well as all of the positive ones. Let's look at Proverbs 12.1. I I love this. There are families that this is not a good word to say, and I'm sorry, but it's in one of the translations of the Bible, so for the sake of this morning, you're gonna have to give us a little bit of grace. Whoever loves discipline, loves knowledge, but whoever hates correction is stupid. (laughs) I gotta love a translation that just doesn't leave you any room to wiggle. You know, it doesn't say, uh, you know, is, is, uh, whoever hates correction is probably not getting the full story. Just doesn't understand completely. Uh, might, might feel a little left out. No, you're just stupid. It's just that clear. And you're looking at it right here, okay? I, I, told, this is, this is, I found these verses because these are my verses, folks. And here's, I think the point that you're going to fill in the blanks is just as clear. You ready? Here it comes. God's word is clear and direct. I don't want to be stupid. I don't. I don't want to be a dumb guy. I don't want to be completely clueless of what Jesus wants in my life. And, and I need people speaking into my life. And God's word speaks into my life. And if you're reading a translation that you can't understand, may I just say go to the U version. And you've got about, I don't know, lots. Thank you. And, and if you speak another language other than English as your first language, go there. Because they've got it in different languages as well. It's a great app because the Bible is right there at your fingertips. And God's word is clear and direct. And if it's not, find a translation that's more clear and direct for you. Um, so let me run through a quick example. I'm going to be the person bringing correction And the adults in this room are going to be the people receiving the correction. Let's see if I can make you get defensive. (laughs) Not my goal. Not trying to. But just monitor your feelings, okay? I'd like you to quit saying something stupid. You ready to hear what it is? I've actually said it before from up here. And I've heard it since then. And it's like, don't you ever listen? I didn't say, are you stupid? But after this morning, I might be able to. Please don't ever say this question again to a young person, especially at our church. So what do you wanna be when you grow up? Well, let's just tell them you do you. You don't need Jesus, you don't need God, you don't need direction from from the Trinity. Goodness, no, you, you should be able to figure out what you wanna do with your future. What a dumb question. Stop it, please. It is so wrong. On so many levels, it's wrong. But I understand the intent of the heart. I really do. So may I give you a replacement? Because if you're feeling a little defensive right now, yeah, well, what do you want me to say? Let me tell you. <sighs> How about this? i'll I'll read it so I don't mess you up. Oh, well, maybe I'll read it. Oh yeah, yeah, here it is. Perhaps a more probing and helpful question might be. So do you think you've seen God leading you in any specific direction in your life? That wasn't so hard, and it's actually correct, mostly. You know, if they don't know Jesus yet, you're making some assumptions, but it's okay. Or how about this one? With all the talents and abilities and giftedness God has placed in you, ooh, do you sense where he might be leading you next? Could we ask those kinds of questions? Body of Christ, fellow believers, church family, we need to ask those kinds of questions let's don't lead kids astray and some of you might feel good that I brought that up and you you know because you thought yeah and some of you got defensive and yeah and now hopefully everybody's yeah and if you're not I'm still happy okay <laughs> all right sorry about that you're not bringing me down with you on that one okay now uh, let's look at this last Hebrews 12 5 through 6 Have you completely forgotten this word of hope? It speaks to you as a father, to his children. Ooh, my son, think of the Lord's training as important. Do not lose hope when he corrects you. The Lord trains the ones he loves. He corrects everyone he accepts as his son. So one thing we can know for certain, one thing I know for certain, is with the amount of correction God has done in my life over the last couple of decades, I am definitely a loved son. <laughs> Boy, am I loved. And, and that's how we need to approach these things, which brings us to our final point, filling in those blanks. God and his word are the ultimate source of correction and wisdom. You know, because it is possible that somebody could come up to you and give a word of correction, a word of exhortation, and they could be wrong. They could be doing it out of love, and they think they're right, and they share it with you, and and they're just not right. But God's word is never that way. When God's word brings correction, it brings wisdom. So by way of reminder... I need to remind you that at the beginning of this series, if you were here, if you haven't been here for the last two weeks, you won't know this, Jim started a challenge, read through the book of Proverbs, use the day, the date of the month to know the chapter so that those of you who are following it, not to make you feel bad, but if you've forgotten, you should be on chapter 20 today, right? And for those of you that have remembered, yay, we celebrate. Okay, um, there are a few verses that I want to remind you of. Uh, But here's what we're going to do. They're on your notes that are for your small group that you're all going to be a part of by, you know, soon, if you're not already. And if you're not in a small group, then you can look over those together. Because something happened that rarely happens with me. I talk too much. Um, Just to show you how God keeps a tight rein on me, I've been asking him to help me with this sermon this morning. I really wanted to hear from him that the things I wanted to share, the things that I felt he laid on my heart were really from him. Sue and I have a devotional that we read through every morning together. It's called One Year Walk with God Devotional by Chris T. Green. So if you're into that, I'll share it with you later. But I need to read this devotion that was from yesterday. I won't read the whole thing, just, just the part that's kind of a... Yesterday, mind you, yesterday's devotion. We have a hard time accepting correction. (laughs) This is human nature, of course. We flee any kind of discomfort. We spend most of our lives trying to become a little more comfortable, to make things a little bit easier, to climb a little bit higher, avoiding pain and hardship at all costs. And when it's personal, like a rebuke, we treat it like a contagion. Ooh, we know that word, don't we? We'll even break friendships with people who remind us of our shortcomings, however gently they may do it. We are creatures looking for superficial peace and comfort. We cannot afford that luxury as disciples. We begin as abject sinners, and we want to end up as redeemed children of God. What did we expect? Do we think we can grow from one to the other without a painful shock to our system? We can't. We must endure a lot of correction along the way. Otherwise, we can never be remade into Christ's image. Kids, we're working on a, a Bible verse. Could you throw that up there for me if you can get to it? The, uh, it should be a bright background. Oh, yeah, we're, yep, yep. Ah, there it is. Thank you. Good job. You're so good back there. This is the verse that the kids are working on to memorize during this series. We do that with them every time. Every time there's a series, there's a verse that they're trying to memorize over those weeks. You adults, you only have three weeks left, but you could join the kids on this one. Live in harmony with each other. Don't be too proud to enjoy the company of ordinary people, and don't think you know it all. Romans twelve 16. Let's pray. God, we thank you for your great love for us. We thank you for your many blessings, and we thank you for this time together this morning Father, as, as you correct us through scripture, as you lead others to bring reproof into our lives, would you help us to see that for what it is, God, as your desire to bring us to a point of being more and more like your son, Jesus Christ, that you only do that, Father, because you love us and you want us to be like your son, Jesus Christ. God, help me not to be stupid this week. Help us to live in a way that brings honor and glory to your name. It's in Jesus' wonderful name we pray. Amen.